Following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Hello, this is Allie Grauer, audio editor and performer on Skyjack's Courier's Call, an all-ages-friendly actual play and storytelling podcast set in the world of Sphere created by James D'Amato. Skyjack's Courier's Call follows the adventures of June, Kieran, and Cece, three 14-year-old apprentices aboard an airship that carries mail across the strange and magical world that they live in. For your consideration, this is episode 27 of Skyjack's Courier's Call, the second episode in our second season, which just started a few weeks ago at the time of this recording. This is a great episode to jump in on because it tells you a little bit about the three main protagonists, the new location for the second season of the show, which is a canyon city called Teshert, and gives you a flavor of how we play this game. The second season of our show uses the game system of Cortex Prime, but we tend to be more story-based than dice-based. The World of Sphere was created by James D'Amato for his podcast, Campaign Skyjacks. Sphere is an inclusive setting supporting anti-colonialist, anti-capitalist narratives. The World of Sphere was also inspired by the game Illimat by Keith Baker and Together Studios, as well as the music of the Decemberists. However, you don't need to know anything about either of those things in order to enjoy the show. We appreciate your consideration, and we thank you for listening. Welcome to episode 27 of Skyjacks, Courier's Call. I'm your host and narrator, Drew Merzieski. I'm joined by Allison Grauer, Palomi Pertap, and Aaron Catano Sayez to bring you a story of adventure, skyships, mail carriers, and kids just like you. Last time, we joined our favorite teens, Cece, Kieran, and June, on their first morning in the bustling candy metropolis of Teshert. The trio managed to persuade Captain Dennison to give them a little fun money to experience the city with, and we as players got to explore what our new game system, Cortex Prime, is like to play with. And now, we rejoin our good apprentices in their final night in Teshert as they explore the Festival of the Shifting Winds. Heed the call, couriers. Stand to, and let's fly. Gone are the days when it was easy to ride, singing way, hey-ho. But the years haven't withered my joy and my prize Singing way, hey-ho I've never been much for the pistol or blade Singing way, hey-ho For the sun is my course and the sky is my trade Singing way, hey-ho My mother, she told me that life would be fine If you're free with the water, but savor the wine And to never be hurried, but always on time Singing way, hey-ho Singing way, hey-ho It is night in the city of Teshert, and the sky above the canyon is on fire. Thousands of paper lanterns litter the dark sky, accompanied with fanciful kites in the shapes of animals and objects, all lit with small flames that make the sky in and above the city look like the heavens above 
before the stars fell. From the city we hear music and laughter and the murmur of thousands of conversations as the citizens of this great city take to the corridors and bridges to celebrate Ria Mutatio, the festival of shifting winds. The feel of the city is electric. Excitement and wonder abound as awestruck onlookers and jubilant participants dance, sing, play games, and gorge themselves on festive foods from dozens of cultures around Sphere. But not everyone is here, out and about, on this most jovial of nights, just above the sea of lanterns and kites, a massive skyship drifts. Its canopy glowing with heated feather weave, its sides draped in the colors and insignias of the Red Feather Syndicate. This is the Regulator, a red feather capital ship and the power of the skies in and around the city. Like a caged animal, the ship prowls the air for the protection of the good citizens of Teshert. Even tonight, with a festival in progress, the Regulator makes its slow and steady march from one end of the canyon to the other. But what's this? There, do you see it? On the bottom of the ship, a strange sight. Is that, a, is that a person? It is. A small figure in a tattered red coat and hood. Making their way slowly across the underside of the regulator's massive hull. The figure comes to one of the many underside gun ports. And with a deft hand and a nimble swing, they open the port and slip into the ship. We follow pulling up into the ship as well to see our strange figure crouched in the sober darkness of this low deck. All is quiet as they wait for one, two, three heartbeats before skulking through the rows of downward-facing cannons. We follow this figure as they glide across the deck and then up to the stairs, as silent as a whisper. They steal their way, deck to deck, careful never to be seen. Only once do they find themselves in danger. Coming to a narrow corridor with two red feather sailors walking towards them, griping to each other of their ill luck to be on duty during such a wonderful festival. Our hooded and masked figure sees them and darts back around the corner. Their eyes narrow in frustration before they look to the ceiling. With spider-like deafness, they climb and wedge themselves in a space above the corridor and hold there as the two red feathers walk beneath them and around the corner, unaware. The hooded figure drops to the ground with barely a sound and makes their way to the solid door at the end of the hall. Deft fingers and a blur of activity follow as our hooded friend picks the lock and nudges the door open before stepping in. The room is veiled in shadow, the only light coming from a large floor-to-ceiling window that is situated behind an ornate desk. The hooded figure heads to the desk and begins to silently rummage the drawers and cupboards. They must not find what they're looking for, as the minutes stretch and a cloud of frustration begins to grow over their eyes. They close the last drawer, 
and with a sudden anger, bangs their fist on the desktop. With a click, a small door folds down from the side of the desk, revealing a secret compartment. With eyes wide, the figure kneels down, reaches in, and pulls from the dark compartment a large leather-bound book as big as their whole torso. The hooded figure stands, running their hands over the worn leather and the red feather insignia etched into the leather. They begin to open the book when a light illuminates their face. They look up, wincing at the sudden brightness as the two red feather sailors from before stand at the open door. Oi! What's this? One of them shouts as the other draws their revolver and fires. The hooded figure drops to the ground and rolls, the bullet passing over them and shattering a pane of the large window. Oi, sound the alarm! The red feather screams as the other moves forward into the room towards our hooded friend. The hooded figure spares no time, stuffing the book into their coat as they roll to their feet. They grab the chair from behind the desk and hurl it at the window. And they leap after it into the open sky. The wind howls around our friend as they plummet from the ship towards the city, the glow of the festival lighting around them from beneath. Kites and lanterns begin to pass them at incredible speeds. As the ground gets closer and closer and closer, until, with a flick of their wrist, a glider suddenly unfolds itself from around them, and their descent is slowed. But it's not enough. A large kite, shaped like a tea kettle, abruptly knocks into them, spinning them out of control, wrapping them in the thick string. They fall, hitting the side of a building with a grunt, and they bounce off several cloth-covered awnings before landing in a jumbled heap in a market stand with a big sign that says, Crazy Mike's Pillow Palace. The aforementioned Mike, a portly man with a large mustache and light curly hair, yells enthusiastically at our hooded friend. But they ignore them, pulling themselves from the mass of kite string, paper, and cushy pillows. Dazed, our friend staggers past Mike, shoving a whole silver bar into their hand, moving out into the busy festival time market. They've only gone a few feet when a shout whips their head around. Six red feather boarders, their silken parachutes open above them, are landing in a large stone square. One of them, having landed, points at our red-hooded friend and begins to give chase. Our friend rolls their eyes with a sigh before stumbling forward into the chaotic marketplace, the red feathers hot on their heels. Kieran, June, and Cece. It's been, I'd guess, about two weeks since that first day in Teshirt, the one where you were tasked to run errands for the captain. And tonight is your last night in the city. A few hours ago, at the Swiftwell compound in the Spire District, you and the rest of the crew of the Red Audron stood at the end of another day of gathering and delivering mail. And as the last package was sorted away, Captain Dennison surprised all of you by telling the crew, go and enjoy the festival. And remember, we ship out early tomorrow, so don't go making yourself sick or getting lost now. Have fun. And with a wave of his hand, the entire crew was given the rest of the evening off. You are now in a section of Tesher called The Suspension, the commerce hub of the city, 
so named as it is built upon a massive suspension bridge that dangles in the center of the windy canyon on a large stone slab. All around you, the festival storms and rages in riotous fun and color. With sudden smells and sounds accosting you from every possible angle. Tell me one thing you sense around you. There is a lot of incense happening. Oh. As a part, it's, it's sort of like a, a physical embodiment of the wind. So there are lots of different types of incense that are burning, but most of it is the same smell. And June in particular doesn't know what that smell is, but... It, it is now creating that sense memory of exactly what a lot of was A lot like. of censored, like, incense smoke just mm-hmm. wafting everywhere. Everything's kind of in that hazy bit. Yeah. Which is really cool because above you, as you can see, uh, all the lanterns and kites that are alight. And so they kind of give this bit of, like, a fog. Like, you can see through the haze these lights that light up everywhere else. Uh, Kieran, Kieran, what, what sense, what are you sensing here? Um, I feel like there's a lot of the, the sound of hot oil everywhere. Mm. Hot oil and fire and, and uh, um, things being lit and, and doused and that sort of thing. Lots of stuff being cooked. So there's lots of like hot food smells just wafting everywhere um, across the canyon. Very, very good. Very good. How about you, Cece? Um, the noise is what I noticed the most. Um, there is this cacophony of sounds coming from all around you because of the canyon. They're all bouncing off of the different rocks and things, whether it's music or loud speaking or someone giving a presentation or making a speech or a wedding going on. It's just this noise of indiscernible sounds mixing together and bouncing into your ears from all directions. Very, very cool. We can even hear like a burr, 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 like in the distance as someone like blows a like a, a vuvuzela. Like a didgeridoo. Yeah, thing going I on. want a didgeridoo. <laughs> there's a, there, Who doesn't? There's also a burr, 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 like in the far, far distance. Cece's eyes light up and she, she just senses something. She's like, ah, a familiar face somewhere in the shirt. A- there's so much music and sound that's kind of like reverberating everywhere. This cacophony of not just those sounds, but like people talking, like that murmur is at that kind of white noise pitch all about you. And since you guys are are not on duty right now, you've been given the entire evening off. I want to know, what are your off-duty clothes like? Like, What are you guys wearing? Mm -mm -mm. That's not not your your coats and your your overalls and and stuff. (laughs) Those terrible clothes. <laughs> the stuff you wear every, every day. single day. <laughs> June hasn't diverted too far from that, but she has uh, kind of like an oversized mannish kind of shirt in an off-white color um, with like kind of billowy kind of sleeves that have been rolled up. Um, and she's got some suspendies and some belts and uh, these sort of baggier pants that are tucked into boots now like instead of the the flight jumpsuit and like the very kind of obvious courier uniform um she looks more like a like an adventurer on a break basically like love it it's powerful yeah. rick mcconnell vibes i was thinking yeah, powerful brendan yeah. fraser vibes <laughs> that's the, the same that's, thing that's the same, same thing <laughs> yes yes <laughs> His character's name is Rick O'Connell in The Mummy. Well, you know, I, uh, 
but yeah, so so this like kind of like laid back, sleeves rolled up, shirt collar a little open, um, breezy kind of, uh, and like the the pants are bigger, so like the the belts have gathered it at the waist, paper bag style kind nice. of, yeah. And though it is warm, you guys are in a desert. Uh, since it is night, it's kind of cooled off. That wind is not as hot as it usually is. And I think it's spring. I think it's springtime. So there's a cooler touch to the air. It's pleasant. It's very pleasant. Cece, what are you wearing? Cece spends a lot of time in this Audrey uniform, and it is awful for her because she tries to add like a spice of self-expression in there so like you know earrings and bandanas so now now that it's time she gets to let her hair down and go like full teen go into high school first day of school where she, it's every fantasy she's ever had she gets to wear so like black fingerless gloves a cool bolero you know a cool pants with cool boots she has a long anime scarf that's always blowing in the wind even if she's standing still and there's no wind her hair is uh, half up. She is just feeling so cool. Like she looks like she's about to play like lead guitar in a band, but the band is definitely like it's, she's in an anime rock band right now. Oh, absolutely. And we can hear like that, that, that anime theme, like underneath her as she's walking around. Kira, absolutely. Absolutely. What's going on? Kieran, what are you wearing? Uh, Kieran's wearing a sleeveless top with sort of a high collar, um, uh, also like that off-white vibe, um, and and baggier pants uh, that kind of like cuff at the ankle, um, and then they've got like a cool sort of cloth belt leather strip situation. Um, they've got their little uh, harpoon knife in one side, and then a little satchel, and then they've just kind of throughout the entire time in Teshirt has has been carrying around their sketchbook um, and kind of keeping it clutched closely to their chest. So you guys have spent uh, a good hour or so. Well, you had to get ready first. So it's been about 45 minutes to half an hour in the market, kind of going around, seeing what the festival has to give. It's beautiful. It's lively. Sights, sounds, smells everywhere. I I do have a question, though. So last time... We had you guys, you guys went and got stuff for the captain. Did you, were you able to save any of that money or? Oh, I think that we did. Yeah. Karen yeah. definitely has uh, some fun money left in. Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't spend it all. We said we did, but we didn't because we're <laughs> well, bad kids. So I will point out that, uh, that June, June's whole thing was that she is the daughter of a tavern keep, basically. So she understands how to haggle prices in a market and and get the right price for certain ingredients and things like that as far as like food and supplies. So I think that June was able to get the the gang a little bit more of a margin for fun money. It's Love not that. a huge margin, but a little bit. But I think that's something you're going to have to roll for. I Ooh. think so too. Okay. <clears throat> so, rules. Um, <laughs> Here's what I need you to do. Yeah, I no, need you I'm, to gather your pool. I'm, trying which are three dice so i'm gonna do definitely doing a d6 for clever so that's an attribute how much money we got june i'm working on it um so you're gonna do a distinction you're gonna do an attribute and then you're either gonna do relationship or one of your other like specialties or something like that okay so the distinction i'll use is always looking out for the little guy which is a d8 
I'm sure in this moment, you're the little guy. No, it's not for me. It's for Kieran and Cece. Kieran uh-huh. is very small. That's true. Kieran is the smallest of guys. Yeah. Um, the littlest guy, Kieran. So that's the distinction. The attribute is clever. And then what did you say the third one was? Either a, uh, either an asset or a relationship. Like a special asset or like one of your specialties. Like one of those. Mm-hmm. If any of those apply. If you can't think that any of them apply, you can just take a D4. Um, I'll just take a D4 because I don't have anything okay. specific to this scenario, I don't think. Um, yeah. Okay. Here we go. First roll of the season. <laughs> Man, it's a pretty good roll. That is a pretty good roll. <laughs> Let's go, June. So the D4 gave me a four. Mm. The D8 gave me a seven. You take the two uh. highest. The D6 gave me a six. You add the two Ooh. highest. Okay. The two. Uh, Spice. <laughs> 13. 13. Oh, oh, you had to beat a nine, so you did really well. Oh, June. my gosh. We have like yes. 400 yes. fun money. Look at you go. <laughs> so I believe the we captain gave McDuck you... off the <laughs> billion fun money. Yo. So I believe the captain gave you a number of silver bars. I thought it was bronze. No, it was... We we bargained up to silver, remember? Yeah. Ah, yes. You guys, got, you guys got silver bars, so I want you to roll that D4 for me. Mm-hmm. We got Come bars. on, t- turn them into gold bars. Two. Two. So if I remember correctly, it was two silver bars that you were able to get. Um, you spent a bar and a half, so you have two silver bits left. Oh. Okay. That's a that's a pretty good amount of money. That's a bunch of money, Cece. That's Come a on. Taunt. No, no, I'm happy with it. Cece blew her share of it. Are you kidding me? What did you buy? What did I buy? And then have you seen the outfit? Oh, she does yeah, like right. the yeah. She does the very Gundam wing hero Yui like scroll across her face, and she goes, "Check out these gloves." And she goes, <laughs> and she show, she like turns her back to you, and you look at the scarf. You think this comes for free, baby? It does not. It's <laughs> quality. Yeah, thank uh, you. My other my other question for you, Kieran. Uh, is you were able to swipe, I believe it was two copper bits. I, I sure did. It was three. It was three. It was three. It was four. It was like six or seven. It was like 20 Ten, copper 25. bits. <laughs> anyway. 20 anyway, copper bits. The copper bits, the three copper bits you were able to pull. Have you spent any of that? Nope. Karen held on to those three <laughs> copper bits. Fiscally okay. responsible. Do we know you have that? I forget. Uh, I don't think we do. Karen hasn't reminded anyone. Karen uh, likes to hold on to things. The hustler here. Oh, we know. <laughs> yeah, you hustler. Karen, Karen has uh, very, very studiously not reminded anyone of the three copper bits they have uh, borrowed just from Captain. Burning a hole in your pouch. <laughs> they're they're comfortable. They're just sitting there in the pouch, just thinking okay. about. So yeah, you guys have in your purse. I'll say after divvying it up, you spent most of a silver bit. Um, you probably have. One silver bit left, and maybe like two or three copper bits left of that. So a silver bit and like two copper bits. That's what you got left. Lit. And that's what that's that's the money you got between the between the three of us, right? Not like yeah, between the three okay. of you. Who carries it? Is it a purse? Do we I, have a purse? I've got the copper bits. Are you playing banker? I'm Are the you banker. Playing, <laughs> Kieran play banker today. Kieran Kieran is holding on to that fun money. Um, and it is here. It is ready to go. You just have Excellent. to put in an application and sign and triplicate for use of funds. <laughs> I'm imagining that Kieran's real outfit is that little like plastic visor. Like yes. basically Kieran is dressed like the key maker from the Matrix. Whenever anyone Perfect. turns to Kieran for fun money, Kieran is automatically wearing the green visor. <laughs> 
Excellent. So, Kieran, you have in your pouch one silver bit and five copper bits. Love it. Mm, that's what you got. Hello, couriers, and welcome to the mid-roll. I'm Drew, your host and narrator. We're truly so excited to be finally bringing you season two of the show, and we hope you know that we wouldn't be here without all of you. The season two Kickstarter really knocked our socks off, and we'd love to say thank you to some of our Kickstarter backers. Sempercell, thank you. Cassandriel, thank you. Dirty Deeds Designs, thank you. Brooke Bright, thank you. Sarah Corey Blanding, thank you. Chris Russell, thank you. If you backed the Kickstarter and have not yet completed your backer survey, please log into your Kickstarter account and check your notifications there, or check your email for the official survey email. We can't wait to hear from you so we can send out these fantastic rewards. We've been overjoyed by the outpouring of support and love we've had on Twitter, Discord, and the other social medias we have. Thank you for loving our story. And if you're joining us fresh for the first time, welcome. We're so happy you could join us on this airship adventure. And there's so much yet to come, and we hope you'll enjoy it as much as we are. As many of you already know, we've switched to a new game system for Season 2. This time we're using Cortex Prime, a game published by Phantom Tabletop. Cortex Prime uses contested roles with dice pools using different attributes, distinctions, and relationships for our game specifically. We are very excited to be using something that offers a little more structure, but that maintains the customizable narrative-based options that we so crave with this show in particular. You can learn more about Cortex Prime at CortexRPG.com or follow them on Twitter at CortexRPG. That's all for now, Couriers. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Singing way, hey, ho. We're going to set the scene. You are standing at a book stand here in the market. It is uh, one of those canvas awning type deals. There are very flea market looking. There are books stacked high throughout this place. There are big books and little books and journals and there's old books and newer books. And there are some books that are like put out that are absolutely like new editions of things and, and such like that. And then there's a section of like old books. And the, the person who is running this is uh, an older woman, dark skin, natural hair, sitting at the back. She's got like big, big round glasses and she's flipping through um, a particular book. As you guys are standing here in this book stand with all these books and a whole night in front of you, what do you do? Hmm. I can't remember any of the names of the books that Bobby Jean recommended. I'm like looking and they all kind of sounded the same when he was telling me the names of the books. They were uh, all honey smoking mountains and apple no, jam. No, it was like it was like fangs of the deep. Or, oh, those. Or, yeah, or like, I remember. You know, um, scales and storm clouds or I don't remember I feel I like remember. Kieran has, has vibrated into the fourth dimension um, <laughs> already right just, out the gate just out the gate there's so many books here too many books and yeah so many books so many <laughs> um, 
Cece picks up a book and starts thumbing through it like very performatively and goes, yeah. hmm, like very audibly, hmm, hmm, pardon me, shopkeep. <clears throat> uh, y- yes, yes, can, um, can I help you? Hello, we are three adventurers out on the town tonight. It is our night off from adventure. And I am wondering, have you any books on magic? Uh, the woman looks you up and down, Cece, and that demeanor that she had when she was like, yes, can I help you, drops, and she's like, oh, you want you want magic? That's yeah. what you want? Yeah. Kid, look, kid, I'm not going to give you a magic book, okay? What? I know you got them, and we I got might the have them. See- I might have them, child, but I'm oh. not going to give Cece. them to wow. you. I, wow. I didn't, I didn't. Come back when you are, and she puts her hand up, yay tall. Wow. What? Wow, well, I just I, got slam dunked on. I have an I idea. Just, I didn't think you could just ask people for magic books. Well, I figured she, you know, I figured this person's selling some books. I figured they got some books with spells in them or something. Kieran and is like, I have an idea. What oh. What kind of idea? I'm going to get on your shoulders. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Do we have to make like a trench coat? Do we own a trench coat? I don't know. Does I mean, I'm sure the captain does. Are we <laughs> Are we going to go all the way back to the tower and get someone's coat and then come back? I feel like we could just use what our if we, Audrey June, charms. June turns to the to the <laughs> shopkeeper and says, "Could we just look at the books that you have well, yeah, and not that, buy them?" Yeah. If we buy something else? Look, you string bean. What? You Oh my goodness. This Wait. is you Hang just want to look at my at the books? Well, we want to see if it's something that we want to buy. We know but if you're not saying that you're going to let us buy them anyway, we might as well just look at them. Hmm. How about this? This is a pay-to-play sort of situation. Well, okay. You give us me a copper bit, and I'll let you look at the books. What? All right. I don't know if that's worth it, Cece. <laughs> no. June turns back. A copper bit to read your, just brought to peruse your wares. And first of all, who are you calling String Bean, okay? You're looking at the braviest warrior in all the land, okay? This is a wizard, and I'm like a bard sorcerer or something. I don't know anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're multi-classing. I'm okay. multi-classing right And she points right and goes, now. the children's books are in that corner. Okay? Oh, my no, no. I have a question. I have another question. I'm, you know, we're sorry to, to bother you on this festival night, um, but we do have money to spend. And if you aren't able to assist us, then we will probably go elsewhere. But yeah. uh, just as a last question, um, do you have any books on griffins? Ooh. Like lion birds? Yeah. Yeah, of course I do. And uh, she looks at It's now completely changed. She's like, of course I do. Let me go get you one of those. And uh, she like stands up and she walks like three feet and there's a big stack of books and she like grabs the bottom and like jinga her ways out. And she pulls out a book that says Lion Griffins of the World. Um, it looks like it's written for like eight or nine year olds. Oh and she puts that down this and slides I'm, it across I'm to gonna, you. That's, I'm going to be that's completely really... honest. This is, this is a little insulting. I feel like yeah, that is, June like really knows everything <sighs> there is to know, basically about lionbirds, mm-hmm. and I feel like you're assuming that we don't know anything about magic, which is not true. And yeah. I can't help but feel that this is probably just a bad business practice for you, potentially. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How about this? Let me tell you, when it comes to children coming into my my stand, my observation is that you don't usually have a whole lot of money. And uh, you don't really have Kieran slaps the, the coin purse on the counter. You hear that jingle jangle? That's paper, baby. We're actually coins, employed. But- <laughs> yes. So we do have a steady income. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh huh. Who are you employed with? Oh, with the whoa. Courier service. Uh, June they don't work blue. in money. What? They don't work in money. What's like, in that purse then? She yeah. sits up and she's like, the Swift World Couriers do not work in money. You are barter or trade. Whoa. If you have money, then you got it someplace else. Okay. You know what? I think we should just take our business we someplace should, yeah, else. That seems like yeah, you know what? Yeah. We, just I, we were going to be paying customers. We were just, we came over here happy as could be. And I just maybe wanted to learn some spells. But apparently this is the only place where I can learn sass magic. Mm. Magic is dangerous, little girl. Yeah, well, maybe so, so am I. She grumbles. And the, the woman looks you up and down CC and she goes, okay. Walk away. I'm walking let's, away. Let's go. You know Have what? a good night, children. Whatever. You know, you can't keep me down. You can't. You can't keep me down. And as you're turning and like walking out CC yelling that, you get knocked over <gasps> as someone runs at full speed into you. Uh, Kieran Tune and Cece, you all are there as Cece gets bowled over by this person. They're wearing uh, a tattered red coat that comes down to like their their thighs. It's kind of a longer coat. They have a like a hood has been stitched onto this coat. It looks like it was probably at one point like a red feather coat <gasps> that's been dyed completely red. And it's all beaten up and torn and tattered and put patches on. There's this hood that's up on it. Um, and the moment that you are hit CC, the hood flies back and you see that there's this mess of kind of dirty blonde hair uh, that's like pulled back into like a, like a ponytail. This person has like a black like canvas mask over like the front of their face, like a bandana. And they have knocked into you, CC. And you are, you're there. And this person is like over the top of you um, and looks back to where they came from. And you see that there are, a few people, five, six people, come running down the way, like shouting and pointing. And like, there's, there they are. Get them. They're over there. This person looks at you guys, looks back and goes, help me, to the three of you. Does this person feel like an adult or like a, a teen? Or- now that you see, this person's like a teen. This per- person's like 17, 18. Okay. We can yeah. trust them. They're cool. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, they're like our age. Yeah, cool, whatever. They're a kid? Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, June, uh, it bends down and starts to help Cece and the stranger up. What? Um, what did you do? Yeah, what's going on? I don't have time. I don't have time. Please, we, we gotta like hide. We gotta do something. You you have to help me. Uh, I mean, okay, okay. Uh, um, Cece, uh, you you good? Come on. Yeah, I get it. Cece runs up to the crowd that's coming after this teen, and Cece goes, <laughs> "Excuse me, everyone. Can you help me? I'm lost, and I'm looking for my mommy and daddy." <laughs> I got bumped. I got bumped and it hurt me and, 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 and it hurt my knee. That's beautiful. Uh, oh Cece, my gosh. You're going to have to roll for that. Oh <laughs> no. Why do you make Cece roll? Um, what, do I, what do I have to do? What I, what uh, I, do? I want you to pull, put together a pool. I want you to put together a distinction, an attribute, and either a speciality, an asset, or a, or a relation. You know? That was not what I was expecting, but I'm really all about it. I'm trying to help. Okay, so uh, what, what did you ask for? I'm so sorry. So. I need a distinction. And those I are, need... which one? Sorry. Oh, I see them. I see it them. It says see it them. on the side. Okay, there you go. it's hard. Distinction. Oh, um, um, uh, stories are magic, obviously, because I am <laughs> <Yeah>. lying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids call Can lying. I get an attribute as well? An attribute? Oh, I'm going to go with um, clever. 
Because I'm okay. spinning a I'm spinning a yarn to these fair adults. And either do uh, like a speciality, a signature asset, or a relationship. And if you can't think of anything that works with those, you get a D4. What was the first one? A, uh, an attribute? A signature, a signature asset. There on the Oh, I see side. them. I see them. Okay. Uh, or a speciality or uh, a relationship. And like um, I said, if you can't think of anything that will work I can't really in this moment, work. it'll be a D4. Okay. So that's a, that's a D8, a D8, and then a D4, right? Yep. Cool. Roll them and tell me what you got. Two, sorry, it's going to take me a second. Two Roll D8, that beautiful bean footage. One D4. Four. So the D4, I got a two, and then the D8s, I got a 14. So 16 total. So you take the two highest. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, that is, sorry. Oh, that's that okay. is an eight and a six. An eight and a six. So that's going to be 14? No, yeah. yeah. No, 14. Yeah, yeah that's 14. Uh, so you get a 14 on that. Uh this, uh, you had to be to nine. So you absolutely, um, the crowd immediately turns and sees you. Um, and you have gone into the center of this kind of mass of people. And the people that are trying to get to this, this teen, this hooded teen that's come this way, they are still kind of maneuvering their way through the crowd. And so you've moved into the crowd itself and kind of begun to do this caterwaul. And as you're doing this, people like turn and like look at you. And immediately there's a couple of people that are coming around and they start to wonder what's going on. A couple of people like come over like this, this old man comes over. And he's like, what's wrong, little girl? Are you okay? And there's like a, uh, people are coming over like, hey, 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 some, someone's kid is lost. Is, <laughs> is this someone's child? Yes. Um, <laughs> and so like people are like beginning to, they've made kind of a, a wall as people are trying to look and see. And there's some people that don't even know what's going on. They're just like, What's going on over here? Something Can I ask wrong? you a question, Drew? You bet. What was the bookseller's reaction to my... It's This is stories or magic. Was this magically infused lie? What did the magic bookstore person feel? Just, so, just for my own thing. satisfaction. If you wanted to cast a spell with this, that will be something different. Oh. I thought the distinction is magic. No? Mm, no. No, no, no. That's oh, just... Then, yeah. I'm you, just lying. That is, <laughs> I'm just pulling its trolls. There's lies and there's lies. So oh, in, okay. in this particular version of the game, if you want to cast a spell, there will be costs. Ah, uh, lit. Um, so you will basically be using your stress meter of magic mm -hmm. in like it's a like it's hit points like it's a yeah. counter like i don't know this kid that out. well i'm not burning any mp for this uh, this chuckle boy very nice but you do <laughs> as people begin to turn around like you see the bookseller like narrow their eyes at you and then roll their eyes and go back to their book <sighs> the final um, boss revealed but you have given yourself time at this point, this is not a foolproof measure. This has not stopped these people trying to get through, but they have been given time. So June and Kieran, you are standing with this person yep. as they're like dusting them, themselves off and they look over in the direction. They're looking at you and you notice that in their coat, it, the front of their coat is very square. Like there's something stuffed into the front mm -hmm. of the coat. And the, the person looks at you guys and looks around at the books and goes, she reaches over and she grabs a book. And she reaches into hers and pulls out this large, square, red leather book. And she hands it to Kieran. <laughs> kind of pushes it into you. And then takes a book that looks relatively similar and stuffs it into their coat. And, and they like look at you, June, and like grab you by the shoulders. And they oh. go, Midnight, the tallest tower. And then 
they turn around and they begin to run. I've bargained with madmen who claim to be kings, singing way, hey, ho. And I've seen the destruction their tempers can bring, singing way, hey, ho. I've ridden the winds over mountain and plain, singing way, hey, ho. Just to circle the coast and curse the mariner's name, singing way, hey, ho. My father, he told me to never deceive. A voice to the hopeless and help those in need And to ever be thankful for what you've received Sing it way, hey, ho Sing it way, hey, ho Thank you for listening to Skyjacks, Courier's Call. Cecilia Whitwick was played by Aaron Catano Saez, who can be found on Twitter at Aaron Catano Saez or on the podcast all my fantasy children. You can further support Aaron's work in voiceover and world building at patreon.com slash Aaron Catano Saez. June Hymnal was played by Allison Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at Dreams to Become. You can further support Allie's creative work at patreon.com slash Whimsy Artifice. This episode was also edited by Allison Grauer. Kieran Rao was played by Palomi Pertap, who can be found on Twitter at Palomi SP. You can hire Palomi for layout and graphic design by visiting her website at palomipertap.com. And I'm Drew Merzieski. You can find me on Twitter at worlds to forge and can further support my storytelling and creative work at patreon.com slash whimsyartifice. The original score for this program was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott, who can be found on Twitter at Arnie Parrott. Official artwork was created by Jess Kurczynski, who can be found on Twitter at angryartist113. Courier's Call is a spin-off of Campaign Skyjacks on the One-Shot Podcast Network. The setting of Sphere was inspired by the music of the Decemberists and the game Illimat by Keith Baker, published by Together Studios. This podcast uses a modified version of the Cortex Prime system, designed by Cam Banks and published by Fandom Tabletop. Skyjack's Courier's Call is a part of the One-Shot Podcast Network. Other One-Shot Podcasts include... All My Fantasy Children. Each week... Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer take a listener submitted prompt and, using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they share laughs, stories, verbal hugs, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. These are all my fantasy children. And remember, while our show is rated E for everyone, this show was created by adults for adults, so listen at your own discretion. That's all for this week. Until next time. Heed the call, couriers. Right wrongs. Do mercies. And take flight. Sing it, baby.